Thanks for being here with me on the podcast. This is the Monday release version. And what does that mean? That means that this is the audio track from videos that I began to record and first put on Facebook and then uploaded to my YouTube channel. If you want the link for the YouTube channel, it'll be in the information contained with this podcast. Well, I just pray that God encourage you and bless you and strengthen you today as together we open Scripture and learn more about what God desires for each of us. Well, here we are again for the eighth time looking at the word convince or convinced. Seven of them come from the writings of Paul the Apostle, and this eighth one and this last one comes from the letter called Hebrews. Okay, let's look here at Hebrews chapter 6. Let me give you a little bit of introduction here. Uh, in the beginning of the chapter, uh, the writer is talking about going beyond elementary teachings. And then there is a real serious group of verses about falling away. And then we come to the part that I want to lift out today. Beginning at verse 9. Hebrews 6, chapter 9. Beloved, we are convinced of better things regarding you. you know, I've talked before about this word convinced. That uh, it also includes, of course, the idea of being persuaded and being confident. But for me, I like the word convinced because for Eric... For Arctic Eric, for me, sitting here chatting with you, that means a convinced in the heart of hearts, in the depths of my being, my innermost being, that hidden person of the heart. The thing that we often call, I just know that I know that I know, or I would stake my life on it. Obviously, we need to be confident in our thoughts and persuaded in our mind and in our thoughts. But again, for me, convinced in looking at it these eight times has to do with things that God wants to convince us of so that it is, it's a part of us, if you will. It's a no-doubt reality for us. And let's look here now again, beginning at verse 9. Beloved, we are convinced of better things regarding you and things that accompany salvation. Okay, obviously with God there is always more. So there are better things for us to receive. There are greater promises. And all of those are yes and amen in God and in Jesus Christ, which is why it's important we know Scripture so that we know what God has declared he wants to do. And then we say, yes, Lord, out of our free will, we say, yes, Lord, do your good will in my life. Even when the Holy Spirit comes in Scripture and convicts us of something, we immediately say, yes, Lord, guilty as charged. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that conviction. And now, Father, I give it to you that you, by your Spirit, your transforming grace, that you work that in and out of my life. 
And of course, it says here, things that accompany salvation. Yes, of course, that initial meeting with God is a number one critical. But you know, I like to think about at conception, that's the starting point. And at a wedding, that's the starting point. But there's much more that follows conception. There's much more that follows the wedding. And there's many, many, many things that accompany salvation. Salvation through faith in Christ alone. What kind of things? Well, for me, it has included healing, deliverance, refreshing, and of course, possessing and knowing confidently that eternal life is mine, that I have, in fact, born again. Listen, I no more doubt that I was born again than I doubt I was born the first time. And I'm thankful for God for that. For God is not unjust. Isn't that marvelous? He is our justifier. He's not unjust. He's merciful, so we don't receive, we don't get what we deserve, and he's gracious to give us far more than we could ever earn because we can't earn anything. Salvation is a gift. We receive it by grace through faith. But he says, God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name. And these, of course, are works of faith. Not our faith working, but our faith in a faithful God and he working. He working all things in accordance with his plan. He'll not forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name. You know, if we love him, it is because he first loved us. His love comes into us. It is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. That moment we capitulate, that moment we believe, that moment we repent or capitulate or whatever term you want to use, we're converted. His love comes in us so that we are able to love him back with his love, a pure love, and love others that way. Oh, we have to be so careful. In today's world, many see love as God, and all kinds of expressions of love become little gods, little idols. Listen, there's one God, and his love is pure and holy and righteous. His love is generous, and his love never violates Scripture. It never violates what is written. You've served and are still serving the saints. You know, the household of God, that's pre-01, then the harvest. A pastor, well, he's there to equip the saints to take care of one another, encourage one another, and comfort exhort one another by the Holy Spirit, and then through that, go out into the world also and encourage, comfort, exhort, testify about the great things God has done in our lives because it is the gospel of God that is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. What does it say? It says, we desire that each one of you demonstrate 
That means beyond just being kind of persuaded in your mind or being confident, but being convinced. And when we're convinced, we demonstrate God lives these things out through us. What happens? We realize the full assurance of hope right through to the end. Christ is our hope, and he wants to remain that rock, that foundation, and the joy that accompanies the hope of our salvation through to the end. It says, by so, by this work of the Spirit, you'll not be sluggish, but you'll imitate those who through faith and endurance inherited the promise, promises. And we know faith comes as we hear the word of God, the word concerning Christ. Our faith comes. And then we reach out and say, yes, Lord, let your word, let your will be done. And as he shows himself faithful, we're even more able to trust this faithful God. Beloved, we're convinced of better things regarding you and things that accompany salvation. Even though we were speaking in this way, and that was the words before where the caution about falling away. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and love which you have shown toward his name. And how was that shown? Having served and by still serving the saints. You know, if you're born again, you're a saint. We need to get that word in our vocabulary. You know, we're so quick to, to say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That doesn't take any faith. Everybody's a sinner, and God wants to save them all. But it's after we're saved, after we've obeyed the gospel, and that is believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we're transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and we can safely say, because of Christ in us, the hope, we're saints. Paul writes to the saints, those who have capitulated and learning to know the love of God. Listen, God desires that we demonstrate that he express himself, a strong demonstration. Well, how do we do it? Through the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit, through God's amazing grace. And I like that the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of Grace and the Spirit of Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. You know, that same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us to empower us to see his will done, to see him work through us. Amazing. that we would go into that full assurance of hope. Being imitators who through faith and endurance inherit the promises. You know, endurance comes through tests and trials when we see that he's faithful. They're going to keep coming. And he will continue to be faithful. Well, that's it. Part number eight. May God convince us of these things deeply and intimately. God bless you today. Good day.